0: On this Wednesday of Holy Week, let us pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St Matthew. Then one of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, Went to the chief priests and said what are you willing to give me if i hand him over to you they paid him 30 pieces of silver and from that time on he looked for an opportunity to hand him over on the first day of the feast of unleavened bread the disciples approached jesus and said where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the passover he said go into the city to a certain man and tell him the teacher says My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered, and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him, one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. This is the Gospel of the Lord. As we draw closer to Holy Week, tension between betrayal and the love of Jesus builds up, and such betrayal is hidden, silent. It comes from a supposed friend who messed everything up in exchange for money, which in the end he could never use. Betraying God's love in exchange for something else, for sin, for ambition, for selfishness, for power, for vanity, for lust, for corruption, means precisely missing Jesus' love in exchange for something that doesn't fill us completely, or that we don't really use because we ultimately make up our own minds. This is what happened to Judas there were many silver coins but the burden of guilt was greater sins like that self-love attracts sin but at the end of the road we are left alone because self-love belongs to the self not to others if you caught a glimpse of the gospel readings of the last few days you're probably surprised by the figure of Judas but I invite you to marvel at the love of the heart of Jesus instead There are, there were, and there will always be, many Judases. We are Judas, you and me, too, with our small or great acts of betrayal. Although at times it's hard for us to accept it, we can't wash our hands of the responsibility as Pilate will do on Good Friday. We are part of this broken and treacherous humanity, which lets itself be purchased at a bargain price. It happened to Peter. He made a promise but couldn't keep it how often have we made a promise but have come face to face with our weaknesses from one moment to the next? Our life of faith is often like this. On the one hand, we feel an urge to love, to surrender silently and generously. We feel the presence of the kingdom of God. Jesus' is presence among us at thousands of places where he continues giving his life through so many people. And on the other hand, But at exactly the same time, we feel the presence of evil. We see people who dedicate themselves to evil, injustice, betrayal, people who are bought for very little money. There are wars and deaths, and so many other things, and, why not, our own acts of betrayal, our unfaithfulness to the love of Jesus, to our true vocation, to our loved ones, and we could go on. That's the drama of this world Jesus chose to enter, the drama of the human heart which is incapable of loving, of bowing down before so much love. This is why Jesus entered humanity, to win from within, to give battle with the same weapons we ourselves can use, the weapons of an extremely patient and merciful love that penetrates the hearts of even the most closed-off people. What other miracle of patience could Jesus have worked other than waiting until the end for this supposed friend who ended up betraying him in exchange for money? How many teachings has Jesus passed on, especially to those of us who have people under our care? The best formula is having infinite patience without expecting anything in return. That's what we must do with our children, with our students, with our friends. What this world brands a failure such as the greatest man being betrayed by an ambitious fool is in reality the success of God's merciful love which respects the freedom of his children and teaches us how we should act We must always bet on others always until the end There can always be light at the end of the tunnel Every human being has the capacity to love and to convert We must never give up Only pure and genuine love can convert the most distant and cantankerous people, the most reluctant to love. However, there's one thing we mustn't ever forget. Even if we do our best, we must always leave the door open for the possibility of being rejected, forgotten, betrayed. If it happened to Jesus, why wouldn't it happen to us? Let's not tire of doing good and seeking the good of others. Let's choose the least loved and make them feel the love of a God who never tires of loving and waiting until the end. Jesus did and does the same with each one of us. He didn't want to play tug-of-war. That's what must hold us in awe. We were Judas at one point and Peter at some other. Why not dare start to be like Jesus once and for all? He knows how to love, how to wait and how to always bet on the goodness of our heart. May we have a good day, and may the blessings of our merciful God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, descend upon our hearts and remain forever.